And welcome back to another crossover episode. This is Locked On Chiefs, Locked On Raiders crossover edition. We're going to get into this game. We're going to get into the rivalry, and we're going to get into a back and forth asking questions about this specific game, about this matchup, uh, and see how things go. We do want to thank you for making Locked On Chiefs and Locked On Raiders your first listen every day. We really do appreciate that. We are free everywhere that you can find a podcast. Q, how are you doing, man? Fantastic. Doing a great, uh, doing just great, man. Really just loving the way that, uh, you know, just the NFL season is rolling along. You know, I mean, we're already into week 14 and we got some great games to talk about. And uh, I know that the two teams that we're going to talk about today are kind of going in different directions. But I mean, we're still talking about the NFL. We're talking about actual games. So it's it's great, man. I love it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun talking about sports, so I can't say I disagree with you on that at all. Today, we are brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups. Winner take all. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. Okay, so Q, since we've been looking at this team and these games over the past couple of weeks, the Raiders are going in a different position than what the Chiefs have been doing. What have you really seen from them over the past couple of weeks? And how are you feeling about just the way that the season's been going? Well, you know, it's been really a roller coaster affair all season long. Started out hot 3-0, and then went on a two-game losing streak, then uh, found a way to get going again. Obviously, uh, in between that, John Gruden resigned. And then uh, uh, coming out of the bye week, Henry Ruggs gets into that tragic accident where he uh, – you know, kills a young lady and her dog, and he's in jail right now, or not in jail, but he's, you know, on trial, going to be on trial and everything. So that's all bad. Uh, but it's just been really a, a, a wild type season that I couldn't have wrote this. You know, before the season, if you said, hey, Q, what's going to happen this season? None of this. You know what I mean? Like, I would have never said that, oh, this is going to be happening. Your former first-round draft pick, uh, wide receiver is no longer going to be on the team and, again, going to be awaiting trial and all this other stuff. It's just, like, insane. You know, John Gruden's not going to be here anymore. It's like, what in the world? So that's just kind of that. And then, you know, the uh, the Raiders get on a nice little win streak, win a couple games in a row with their interim head coach, Rich Basaccia, and then all of a sudden they just have fell on some losing ways and very inconsistent ways, let's put it like that, come up with a big victory against the Cowboys on primetime. But that's the only victory, Chris, that they've won so far. I mean, it's about what you do in November, December, right? They have won one game in no- November and so far in December. So uh, it's just been up and down, and I feel like at some point this team is going to look at each other in the locker room and say, hey, we're just trying to we're trying to limp to the finish line. And unfortunately for Raider Nation, uh, that's been the story of the past few seasons as they had second-half collapses. One of the things I wanted to ask you before we actually get into talking about this game was that specific instance of the second-half collapses. Derek Carr doesn't seem to play well in December. And I'm not trying to be critical of Carr, but it just right. doesn't seem to be something that he is doing very well. Is Do you think that's a colder weather, or do you think it's just he's not ready for – I hate saying the prime time because that's really what December kind of comes down to, but – uh, you know, what do you think it is that really causes him trouble in December? It feels like a culture thing, really, and not just with him, with the whole team. You know, I mean, really, and of course, he's the he's the quarterback, so he's going to get all the the criticism. He'll get all the praise too when he's doing well. He'll be, hey, he's the MVP candidate. Oh, he's you know tipping in the in the elite category of quarterbacks. But when he's not playing well, he's gonna he's gonna have to hear about it. And so he's been very inconsistent. He hasn't been able to stretch the ball down the field. But you know, again, going back to the last few seasons, look at him. I mean, they get out to like what a six and two start, a five and two start, a five and three start, and now. 
here we are six and six. You're seeing six and six right now. And that's the, that's the model of inconsistency. You know, just, you got to go on win streaks in this league as the chiefs are right now on a five game winning streak. So that's what you have to do. You have to go and put back to back to back wins together to be able to be a legit team. And for some reason, I don't know what it is about this team. The second half of the season, they just can't get going. They can't get over that hump. And, and again, I said it earlier, you know, September and October wins are nice. You got to have them, but it's about what you do in November and December. And the Raiders have not found a way to get it done in November and December. Well, and I said this a couple of weeks ago when it came to talking about the AFC West, because we the Chiefs were on the bye. And I mean, nothing against the Raiders, but to me, it just looks like the team that is going to finish under 500. Uh, I think that they have the talent. That's the thing that really has surprised me. I, I was really impressed with what they're able to do at times during the season, but you're right. You have to be able to win late in the season, and they haven't shown that they have the ability to do that. Uh, I hope that streak continues this week. We will see <laughs> here in a couple of days. Uh, but before we get there, we need to talk a little bit more about Stat Hero. No one plays daily fantasy sports to lose, right? Winning feels so much better. Traditional fantasy sports are long-term losing propositions. You never know who or what you're up against. But Stat Hero is different. It's the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups. Winner takes all. And the crazy part, check this out. Stat Hero shows you their lineups before you play. You can actually handpick the team you want to go one-on-one. This has never been seen before innovation of a fantasy sports and sports betting hybrid. Stat Hero players clocking odds that are over four times better. Why do they do this? Why do you do this? Well, because you don't have to compete against thousands of experts or unknowns. Stat Hero puts you in control of your fate. With Stat Hero, you're in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero is head to head. It's what fantasy, it's what daily fantasy should be one on one. And I know everyone that's a host of the Locked On Podcast Network, anyone who's a host of any of the shows on the podcast network, this is the way that we all like to roll one on one. Stat Hero. Check them out today. You can sign up right now at stathero.com slash locked on. Use that promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match. Stathero.com for the folks in the back row slash locked on. Promo code locked on. Terms and conditions apply. All right. So let's dive into this game. Starting to look forward and going to. This Raiders matchup obviously didn't work out well for the Raiders the last time the Chiefs played uh, in Las Vegas. That was a little bit of a surprise to me with the way the Chiefs offense have been playing. But one of the keys to this game for me is that the Raiders are going to hopefully get back Darren Waller. And I say hopefully because I would like to see a team that has its best players available, at least that can be available, uh, because that always makes the rivalry even better. Yeah, you think he's going to be back? Uh, you, you know, I, I, I highly doubt it. You know, I mean, okay. and, and anything could change. Anything could happen. But uh, the IT strain that he has on his in his knee, uh, apparently that's a week to week type situation. Now, Rich Passaccia has said that he's upgraded to, you know, day to day. That's what he said on Monday. That's what he said on Wednesday. He's day to day. He's starting to get a little bit more uh, flexibility, getting a little bit more uh, work in the pool and everything. But honestly, my gut feeling tells me he's not going to go on Sunday. Uh, he'll be out another week. And, and that's unfortunate because, like you said, uh, you want to see all the best players out there regardless. But in rivalry games, man, you really want to have them. So uh, the Raiders need them to go out there and stop the bleeding. And I, I just, my gut feeling again tells me he's not going to be there. And honestly, another reason that I really wish he, he was going to play is because I want Kansas City to face another tight end like that because I think it's going to be good for their defense. 
But yeah. with him not being available, Hunter Renfro becomes one of your main targets. Yep. Where else are they going to move the ball? Because running against this Chiefs defense lately hasn't been going very well until, unless you have Javante Williams, which is a whole nother ball game. Um, but what do you think that they're going to do to try to move the ball against this Chiefs defense? Well, you know, that's where the inconsistency of this Raiders team uh, lies. You know, I mean, Hunter Renfro is going to be Hunter Renfro. He's he's going to be Mr. Consistent. He's um, Derek Carr's favorite target. He's a guy he's very comfortable with. Um, but you've got to have more than Hunter Renfro. They they signed Deshaun Jackson after the Rams released him, and he's a guy who can stretch the field. And if you see him on Thanksgiving, they targeted him early, they targeted him often, and if he wasn't making the catch, he was drawing a P.I. and really helping the Raiders stretch the field and be aggressive on offense. How does that turn out? Well, they scored 36 points in a victory over the Cowboys. Well, then you go and fast forward to last week against the Washington football team, and he gets one target for 14 yards. And they only score 15 points and a loss to the Washington football team, a team that's been known to give up the big play. You know what I mean? So you would think that would have played right into the hands of the Raiders offense. Like, hey, go ahead and, and take a shot, take a deep. And they didn't do it. And that was what made me scratch my head is wh what's going on. One week you're Mr. Consistent and you're throwing the ball down the field. And say Jones is having a big game. Hunter Renfro stretching the field. Deshaun Jackson stretching the field. And then the next thing it's it's dump off, dump off, dump off. Chris, I'll take it this far, Chris, that. On Sunday against the Washington football team, Josh Jacobs had nine catches. He was the second leading receiver with nine catches. I don't think that the running back should have nine catches, especially for only 38 yards. Yeah, and you look at what Kansas City's offense did this past week when the running backs had a ton of catches, and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey weren't involved, uh, but the running backs for Kansas City had a lot more yards than 38. Right. The thing that really stands out to me is Deshaun Jackson came in the first time against Kansas City, had a huge catch and then fumbled the ball. Right. Uh, you know, you look at a scenario like that where you think, okay, finally the Raiders are getting on track, and then he fumbles the ball, and it goes back the other direction. So that really sticks out to me. But what are you seeing from the running game? Are you thinking that that's something they're going to try to use? I think that they have to try to use it. I know that Kansas City's defense has been better against it as of late. Uh, I mean, of course, you mentioned, you know, Javante Williams and Denver. That's a, kind of a different animal. But unfortunately for the Raiders, man, their defense or their uh, their running game hasn't been very good, regardless of how bad the defense is against the run. I mean, the Chargers have, what, the worst rush defense in the league, and the Raiders couldn't run on them. Josh Jacobs has not gone over 100 yards one time this season. Not one time. And he's their first-round running back. You know, first pit round pick. He's he's their guy, and he hasn't been able to get over a hundred yards one time. He's a great talent too, and it's not it's yeah. not because he's not talented. I you know I I think a lot of that goes back to the offensive line, but I'll defer to you on that. You're absolutely right. A lot of it goes back to the offensive line. A lot of it is going to defenses saying, "Hey, you know what? We're not going to let you stop uh, run. We're gonna we're gonna challenge you to try to beat us over the top, or we're gonna try to uh, throw put it in Derek Carr's hand and make make one of your wide receivers make a play, especially with Darren Waller out." So, uh, yeah, I think that the run game is going to have to be a recipe that they try to use uh, early and often. Kenyon Drake is out for the season; he broke his ankle in the last game against uh, against Washington, so he's done. So you have Josh Jacobs and you have Peyton Barber. And I like Peyton Barber a lot, but, I mean, he doesn't really strike fear of God in me. You know, it's like I look at right. Josh Jacobs and say, that's the guy. They've really got to get him cooking. But like I mentioned, he had 50 yards rushing last game against Washington and 38 yards receiving on nine catches. So um, he's trying. He's tired of losing. He's frustrated. He, he, he voiced that following the game. But it's just it's tough sledding when it comes to the run game for the Raiders. It's just really non-existent. And you know how much football is done 
if the running game works. You know how much better everything else works. The play-action pass works. Everything else loosens up a little bit if you have any kind of a run game. And unfortunately, right now, the Raiders don't. Yeah, and the thing that really sticks out to me on on their offense is it, I like what you said about them being inconsistent because that's what it seems to me week to week. Now, if we flip it over to the other side, Kansas City's offense going up against the Raiders' defense, I was expecting there to be some decent amount of points scored. I was not expecting Kansas City to score over 40. <laughs> no, was that, uh, no one else was either. <laughs> I'm just going to put that out there. Not with the way their offenses have been playing. So do you think that they're going to see what other defenses have done? And because they didn't really go to the uh, two high two safety set, they really right. tried to do their own thing and they got burned doing it. Uh, so I'm more than happy if you guys want to go ahead and continue to do that. But I don't think that's going to work out well for you. How do you feel about the defense coming into this game? You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm really interested to see how they they attack or try to attack Kansas City's offense because you're right they did do their own thing hey you know uh, Gus Bradley has had success that's all we heard all week leading into that that game Gus Bradley's had a lot of success against Kansas City's offense Gus Bradley this Gus Bradley that so he did the Gus Bradley thing and I'll say this it it wasn't that bad until it was until the floodgates opened and you mentioned earlier Deshaun Jackson's fumble I feel like that really opened the floodgates I think absolutely it just scored uh you know and then and then they went into halftime, and then the Raiders came out, and they had an opportunity to score. But that fumble gave the ball back to Kansas City. It felt like just a snowball, and it just rolled after that. So uh, they might just go ahead and try to employ this the same style and, and see if it works. I'll say this. This is the one area that, that I'm really going to focus in on in this game, and that's if the Raiders decide to not move on from Josh, Josh, um, Jonathan Abram, but if they decide to maybe not have him on the field as much on Sunday because Kansas city targets number 24. When they see 24, they look for the mismatch wherever he's at. They say we can exploit that. That's the weakness. It's, it's very bill Belichick. Like, right. Whatever the weakness is, whatever the mismatch that he likes, that he thinks is most favorable. He's going to attack it early and he's going to attack it often. Jonathan Abram is the weak link when it comes to Kansas city. They'll look at him and say, that's where we're going to go. I want to see if the Raiders have the stones to say, you know what? Let's go ahead and sit you on the sideline and put someone else out there that may be a better matchup. Yeah, and I thought Abram was a good safety coming out. I think his problem, at least when Kansas City attacks, is they're attacking his weaknesses, which is obviously what you want to do. But they're not giving him the chance to do what he does best, which is come downhill and lay the wood. Right. He loves doing that, and Kansas City is not going to give him the chance to do that. They just haven't so far. The thing that really stuck out to me, though, in this last game against the Raiders, zero sacks. For a team that had been looking like they had improved so much on pass rush, zero sacks. Max Crosby got, I don't want to say stonewalled because I think that there were probably some penalties that should have been called that weren't, but he was stopped and didn't get any. I mean, he got pressure, but didn't get home. Right. And that's been a problem, I think, for Max in particular. Unique Ngakwe's done a little bit better. Uh, he's had he got eight sacks on the season right now, so he's he's lathering up a little bit and doing doing well. But Crosby, he has five sacks on the season, and unfortunately for him, he got two week one against Baltimore, and he got three week six against Denver, and hasn't had a, a sack since. Yeah, that's he, you want to talk about inconsistency. Now he's getting pressures, like you mentioned. Pressures are nice. But you've got to get home. You've got to get home a few of those times. Pressures, if you go back and look at the numbers and the pro football focus, you know, oh, Max Crosby's number one, number two in, in pressures. That's great. That's like, you know, that's like uh, that's like scoring scoring in the red zone. Field goals are nice, but touchdowns are better. 
Yep. You know, well, and hits and hurries are, are really the question when it comes to yep. getting into quarterback's mind. Pressures, yes, it could cause issues, it could cause you to throw it before you want to. But if you hit the quarterback, if you hurry the quarterback, if you sack the quarterback, that's going to make a lot more difference in the quarterback's mind than just a pressure. Right, exactly. So I, I put out the challenge a few weeks ago for the month of de- December. I, I, I wanted to see Unique Ngakwe and Max Crosby be those alpha, be those alpha dogs, you know, be the guys that lead the Raiders team. Like, hey, get on my back and follow us to where we need to go. That's that's the challenge that I put out there because I think those two guys are the alpha dogs. And, you know, again, through so far one game of December, uh, they they had one sack on Sunday against Washington, and that was a rookie, Malcolm Coons, that was playing in his first game. So, I mean, it's just it's just not getting home consistent enough and a guy like Patrick Mahomes you know well you got to get pressure on him for sure mm-hmm. but if you hit him that's a lot better because again you want to you want to have him throw the ball under some duress instead of giving him all day because if you give him all day he's going to pick you apart well and the worst part about the thing with Mahomes is the Raiders were getting pressure with only four but when they didn't get that against Mahomes in that game he was able to pick them apart you can't right. blitz him nope. that's the one thing you do not want to do with Patrick Mahomes is blitz him really quick last question I have for you when you look at this game, is there going to be any player that, that you think is going to have a big opportunity to stick out that maybe didn't have the last time? And I guess the second part of the question is, is there any big injuries that, that we don't know about right now? Well, uh, like I said, Kenyon Drake is out for the season with the, the yep. broken uh, the broken ankle. Unfortunately, he's a he's a pretty nice weapon to have a, another um, you know guy to, to compliment Josh Jacobs. Uh, Darren Waller, that's, that's kind of to be determined to see if he's going to play or not. Probably end up being a decision that they make late on Friday. But um, that that's probably the biggest injuries. Uh, Denzel Perryman, actually, that's pretty interesting. He has an ankle injury right now. He's leading the Raiders in tackles. He's their best linebacker that they have. Of course, they have K.J. Wright, which is nice, too. But Denzel Perryman has got an ankle injury, and uh, Corey Littleton's dealing with the injury as well. So that's two of their linebackers. They went out and signed um, – uh, why am I forget? Oh, Will Compton, who, I mean, he's a veteran. He's been with the team before. I mean, he's serviceable, but he's no, no big deal. But when they went out and made that signing, it kind of re- made me think that, oh, there must be, you know, a, a, a pretty big hole in that linebacking position coming that why they went out and had to sign him. Uh, one guy, the Raiders may be getting back this week, which would be a big deal is Trayvon Mullen, the cornerback. They haven't had him for quite a while since week four. And uh, his presence has been sorely missed so maybe if he comes back and plays maybe that pressure gets home instead of just getting pressure maybe they actually get home because he's a lot better corner than what they have opposite of Casey Hayward right now yeah a lot of questions when it comes to this rivalry but we will get to Q asking me some questions right after we talk about our sponsors Super Bowl 56 at SoFi is less than 100 days away and on location the official hospitality partner of the NFL is the only place to score a once in a lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package Select your exact seats and choose from elite experiences featuring an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit on location exp.com slash SB56 for more information or search Super Bowl on location. That's on location e.x.p.com slash s.b.56 or search Super Bowl on location. Bet Online has you covered for all season props, odds, and lines more than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new and updated or mobile desktop to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code locked on to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. 
Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, here we go. Back at it. Crossover edition, Raiders and Chiefs. Very excited to break down this game. This is round two. This time it is at Arrowhead Stadium. Of course, the Chiefs came away with the first victory, Sunday Night Football at Legion Stadium in Las Vegas. Chris, I appreciate you uh, spending some time helping me break down this game. And the the Chiefs are on a nice win streak right now, five-game winning streak. Uh, of course, they gave the business to the, the Raiders in, uh, in, in Las Vegas, get, put up 41 points on them that Sunday Night Football game. This five-game winning streak, I know that the defense is playing a major role, but how have they all of a sudden come come along so strong to be able to help get these Chiefs to this five-game win streak? I think there's a couple things, really. I think bringing Chris Jones back inside, I think, has been a big key. Frank Clark getting healthy, Melvin Ingram coming over to Kansas City uh, are just a couple of things. Sorry, I've still got a little bit of a cold. I apologize. Um but I think really the other part of it is that you have Juan Thornhill playing safety. He is playing better football than he was earlier in the season. I think this defense has finally got to a point where they know what their pieces can do and they're using them more effectively. Uh, and I think what you're seeing is this Chiefs team is trusting each other. This defense is trusting each other to play and do what they're supposed to do. And when they do that, it's really hard to beat because the corners are playing so well. It gives the pass rush a chance to get home, and you don't have to blitz. But as you've seen them do multiple times, Kansas City likes to send blitzes, especially at the Raiders. As far as you know, this defense goes and the way that they're kind of leading the charge, and we'll obviously get into the offensive part of things in a little bit, but uh, as, uh, they're leading the charge right now. Is this something that they could sustain throughout the course of the, the rest of the season, this final month of the season? Can can this defense lead them to the promised land, or does the offense need to hurry up and catch up? I think they could lead them to the playoffs. The question about to the promised land is a, is a big one. I don't think that the defense itself is going to be able to lead them to the Super Bowl and a Super Bowl victory, which is what this team obviously is shooting for. Uh, but I do think that it's, you know, and, and we do need to talk about this, or I, you know, when we talk about offense, we'll get into a little bit more, but I think the offense is just right there. I think that they have the ability, they still have the key pieces. I think that they're going to, uh, they have the opportunity to get better. The question is whether or not they will. But for now, as long as the defense stays healthy, uh, I think they have the ability to, you know, get them, I think Kansas City has an opportunity to win out, and I'm not trying to sound uh, like a homer or that Kansas City is better than everybody else, but with the way their defense is playing, the question is is what offense is going to come in there and beat them. And right now I don't see one on their schedule that is going to come in there and beat them. They've allowed less than 10 points per game on average over the past four games. Wow, that's that's pretty incredible. I mean, it really is. You know, and that's that's the conversation that we haven't had really before is that the Chiefs defense is holding opponents to a certain low level. And then all of a sudden, you know, that's the that's the lead dog on the uh, of the unit of the team. And uh, let me ask you about Daniel Sorensen, because he's a guy that it was almost like mouse in the house when he was out there on the field. Opposing teams were doing like the Chiefs do with Jonathan Abram. They were looking for him and they were trying to target him because he was the weak link. He comes up with an interception against the Raiders. Last week against Denver, he comes up with a pick six, 75 yards to the house. What has turned around? What has changed the game for him? Why he's all of a sudden playing so well? I think it's a combination of things. I think that they put him back to a more natural position to where he is supposed to be playing. Uh, I think he can be a very good third safety. His biggest problem 
is he doesn't have the speed. He's never been a speed guy. He's never been a guy that's going to run a four or five or, or, you know, he's probably even slower. Maybe even a four seven is, is probably closer to what he runs, but he has instincts and he's extremely smart when it comes to football. So he knows where he's supposed to be. The question is, is can defenses get him out of where he's supposed to be uh, by tricking him? And I think that's part of what has really come about is he's getting back to, you know, the fundamentals for himself and that's really helped him. And then, you know, it doesn't hurt. You look at the pick six, don't forget, don't take this the wrong way. He made a great play. It was a great run. It was a great run back, but the ball was tipped. So it kind of fell down and it fell in his lap. Right. So right place, right time. But you also look at where he was positioned. He was basically positioned as a linebacker. That's not where he was playing early in the season where teams were just carving him up. He was playing and, and playing off coverage and, you know, bailing out the very last second. And they still do some of that stuff with him. But playing him as basically a dime linebacker type uh, as a safety is where he really has thrived his past several seasons in Kansas City. So with him there, I think they're in a much better position. You know, I'll, I'll never knock a guy for being in the right place at the right time, getting a tip yep. ball and, and taking it to the house. The thing is, he made the play, right? Absolutely. He, he, he made the play. Uh, the Raiders on Sunday against the Washington football team had about four or five balls that should have been intercepted, could have been intercepted, including one to seal the deal and win the game. And they didn't just make they didn't make the play. So you got to make the play. You know, it could be right there for you. It could be gift wrapped to you. You still got to make the play. So uh, you got to give him credit for being able to do that. Now, if there's an area of this Kansas City defense before we switch over to the offensive side of things that, you know, hey, this is still an issue. This is still where opposing teams can you know, have some success. Where would you say that is? Well, I think that's part of the reason why it's going to hurt for the Raiders to be missing Waller, although I think that they can exploit it a little bit more with other players as well. But really, past defense in the middle of the field where you have a linebacker dropping out to cover uh, the middle of the field when you go zones and Anthony Hitchens or Nick Bolton are covering that portion of the field, I think that's still a weakness for Kansas City. Uh, they just don't have the speed to be in that in those types of roles. Uh, but Kansas City plays them there. So the question is, Is are you going to have somebody that can take advantage of that? <clears throat> interesting. Very, very, very interesting. Again, we're talking right now with Chris Clark, host of Locked on Chiefs at Chris Clark NFL on Twitter. And uh, now let's talk about the offensive side of things. And it's funny, on Wednesday, <laughs> I saw I saw Andy Reid talk about the, the Raiders coming to town, and he said, hey, last season, we remember what happened. They won mm -hmm. the game. You know, and I'm sure that the victory lap was was talked about as well. What is what, how how much is that being talked about? Because to me, I never thought it was a big deal. But I'm just a guy sitting out in the middle of Las Vegas. What how much is that victory lap being talked about? It was talked about a lot when it happened. I don't think it's being brought up right now. I think the when you look at what happened and and the way it happened in Kansas City, I think that that really pissed a lot of people off. So I do think that there's some probably. Uh, ill will between the two franchises, but there's ill will because it's a rivalry to begin with. Right. So, uh, you know, th that is what it is. I think really what you're looking at, though, <clears throat> when it comes to how that played out, I, th I think that it was a little bit of a big deal at the time, uh, but it was going to be a big deal because the Raiders hadn't beat Kansas City for so long. And then they seemed to want to throw it in Kansas City's face that they won. And I think that's really what caused it to be a bigger deal than it should have been. Well, you mentioned that the Raiders haven't won a whole lot as of late. 
right now, Andy Reid is 14-3 and three since taking over Kansas City against the Raiders. So that's a whole lot of success right there for Kansas City. How do you think, because last season there was only a handful of fans in, in Arrowhead when the Raiders did go there and get that victory. How do you think the fan base is going to, I, I, I dare say, embrace, but how are they going to, you know, greet the Raiders when they get there on Sunday? You know just as well as I do, it's going to be raucous. And <laughs> there could be some Raiders fans there, but it's not going to be anything – like any of the other, like, you know, the Green Bay game, there's a ton of Green Bay fans there. But yeah. the Raiders game, people want to go to see the Chiefs beat the Raiders. It doesn't matter how good the Raiders are or how good the Chiefs are. It's a rivalry game. People want to go. Chiefs fans want to go, and they want to see that game. So uh, I expect that the fans are really going to uh, be very loud from their seats. And, you know, I, I just have to say this really quick because as we switched over to offense, I cannot remember very often – in my time covering the team that I have wanted to talk about the defense and not wanted to touch the <laughs> offense, but that's exactly how I felt. And I just wanted to point that out really quick. Right. I mean, <laughs> and, and that's the, that's the strange part of this season, right? Because right now Kansas city is being led by their defense and not their offense. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes has thrown more interceptions this season than we're ever used to seeing him do. And I know that he's trying to make plays here and there, but how have you seen him progress from the first time that the Raiders played him uh, when they played him in Allegiant Stadium in Vegas to where they are right now? How has he progressed? Is he getting a little bit more patient? At times he does, but I think in what I cannot figure out, and I went and I rewatched this Chiefs game versus uh, this last Chiefs game. I just went back and I rewatched it because I wanted to see – you know, what happened to the offense against the Broncos after they went in and they scored a touchdown and then, you know, they go back down the field and they kick a field goal. Yeah, it's not a touchdown, but it's still points. So, you know, you have a positive drive and they had kicked another field goal later. And <clears throat> what happened to the offense? Because it, it looked like to me, at least when you started the game, they could do whatever they wanted. And then you get to a point where it's a struggle. And I think what it boils down to, and I think the biggest thing that's sticking out to me, and this goes back to Mahomes as well, is the play calling does change a little bit. There is a variation in play calling that doesn't make sense to me. Uh, you know, early on, they were running the ball pretty much down the middle between the guards for the, or sorry, between the tackles for the most part. Uh, and then, you know, when they started not having as much success, they started doing outside runs. And it was with Daryl Williams, not with, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, which is a little weird. And it was to the short side of the field on the specific run I'm thinking about, which doesn't make sense to do an outside run to the short side with a guy that doesn't have a ton of speed. <laughs> right. <clears throat> but you're still sitting here and you're looking at a situation where, you know, another interception happened that hit off another wide receiver's hands. Mahomes has like eight of those this season. Wow. That's a lot. And – I, I the last I saw there was I think six maybe seven that were a seventy five percent chance of completion according to next gen stats that ended up being an interception. That's a lot. That's yeah. a whole lot. That's, and he's that... got twelve picks. So you right. know if you take all those away, right? He's back to where he basically was last year, and it's a whole different ball game. And the bigger thing when you start looking at this offense is. You start looking at the things that kill this offense. It's those types of turnovers. It's drops. Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill have had drops upon drops upon drops this year, and I don't understand where it's coming from, but it killed drive after drive against the Broncos, and it's killed multiple drives throughout the season. And then obviously, you know, penalties are also going to hurt drives. Uh, so it, this offense is just all sort all out of sorts 
and they need to get it figured out. But that's the thing I wanted to, I said earlier that I need to come back to was to me, it's mental mistakes, right? It's not a lack of talent because right. they do have talent. They have Tyree kill. They'd have Travis Kelsey. They don't have a number three, like, you know, Sammy Watkins last year, which I do think that they're severely missing, uh, even though some don't want to say they are. But they do have Tyree Kill and they do have Travis Kelsey. If those two guys play up to their ability and don't drop two or three passes a game, this is a completely different offense, and they're probably scoring 30 points on every single team they play. Yeah, and that blows my mind because, and I've mentioned him, uh, I mentioned this name to you multiple times, is McCole Hardman. I just, I don't understand why he never developed. He just never really developed into the guy I thought he could be. He's got speed to kill. He's he just does. not, just not that guy. He had, I've said this multiple times and I've gotten, you know, killed on it on social media, which whatever. But to me, he never has put in the time that he needed to in the offseason to get to where he needs to be. Uh, to me, you look at some of the routes he ran in the Super Bowl, and I know, yes, that was last year. He wasn't where Mahomes expected him to be. And in a game where you absolutely have to have somebody, he wasn't there. He couldn't do it. He didn't have the ability to do it, or he didn't do it at that point. Um, the thing that made Tyree Kill so special was he got into the details of his position, and he hit every single thing he possibly could. He worked on his footwork. He worked on his routes. He worked on his hands. He always had the world-class speed, so he didn't have to work on that as much. But if you round off routes in the NFL, you're not going to be as, as successful right. as you could be because you're not going to get open. McCole Hardman should be able to get open. The other thing he struggles with is getting off the press. And, you know, you look at where he has been most successful, it's when he's usually in motion and they're not able to get hands on him at the line is where he usually is going to get open the most. So, I think Kansas City has started to move away from going that direction with him. So I wonder if he's even going to be on the team in, in next year. I mean, wow. to be qu- quite honest. Well, he had seven plays, I think, this last, this right. last game. One target. Wow. Yeah, it happens. It happens. If you're not doing what you're supposed to do in this league, like you said, round in routes, you can't do that. I mean, you've got to be on point. If not, it's going to be an interception or it's going to be incompletion or, or well, something. You know, something's going to happen. And now he's not even a returner. Wow. He's not even their punt returner anymore. Wow. Mike Hughes took that job, and okay. Byron Pringle took over the kick return job. So he's not even doing that on special teams at this point. Wow. That, hey, that, you know, but that's the thing. You don't put in the work, you don't put in the time, you're going to find yourself on the pine, man. I mean, simple as that. You know, I, I didn't even mean to rhyme that one, but it did. You know, it's just like, <laughs> absolutely. That's what's going to happen, man. So, oh, that's, that's interesting. And final question for you as far as the offense goes. Uh, I know, you know, following the Super Bowl, obviously reconstruction the offense, uh, offensive line was a big deal. You know, went out and made the trade for Orlando Brown, uh, you know, brought in other guys that can solidify what they got to do. Of course, the center's playing some good ball, but has that offensive line gelled? Are they is about close to a, a finished product as possible? Because they weren't when the Raiders played them the first time. How close are they now? I think they're closer. I think Orlando Brown has gotten better. Uh, you know, when they traded for him, you know, Ryan and I talked about it. <coughs> and I apologize again. When they traded for him, um, Ryan and I talked about it, and it was going to take some time for him to adjust to this offense. And really for the off- offense to adjust to him because he is not a guy like Eric Fisher who moves in space fantastic. Right. But he is a guy where if he gets his hands on you and he is, you know, got you in a good, you know, good balance and whatnot, you're not going anywhere. I don't care who you are. Miles Garrett may be the only guy in the NFL that could get past him with a power rush. I just, I, I, you don't see it. 
power doesn't usually get past him unless he is off balance or out of position. It's the speed rush that kills him. And they don't have the ability to do some of the screen game that they used to be able to do because you can't get your tackles out in space. You know, Joe Tooney is not really the guy that gets out in space near as well as some of their offensive linemen of the past, but they can do so many more things now that they couldn't do before. You have three guys in the middle that just kill it in the running game. Orlando Brown kills it in the running game. The question is, is who's going to be the right tackle? Lucas Niang could come back this week. He was limited practice on Wednesday. We don't know his status for Sunday. I would guess he's probably not back since he was limited on Wednesday, but it's possible. Uh, if he's back, he's a starter, and I think that's an improvement over Andrew Wiley. But Andrew Wiley played really good against Max Crosby the first game. So, right. uh, you know, I think this offensive line is getting better, uh, which, you know, when you look at what they have at center with Chris Humphrey, who is, according to PFF, the best center in the NFL right now, uh, such a massive upgrade from last year at that position. Trey Smith has played phenomenal. Yes, he gets some holds from time to time, but I will take that because he is also doing the dirty work. He is putting people on their butts and pancaking people, and I'm absolutely loving to see it. I love seeing the aggression and the attitude from the offensive line, and he definitely is the guy that's doing that. There you go. There you go. It should be interesting, man. I mean, uh, it's, it's going to be a heck of a competition, man. I mean, Allegiant Stadium, it ended up not being close. It ended up being a blowout with Kansas City putting up 41. Uh, the Raiders want to return to favor. I don't know if that's if they got it under their belt to do that. Arrowhead's going to be crazy, like you mentioned. Um, you know, it's twice a year we get to see it. So I'm uh, very excited about it. Chris, thanks so much for breaking it down for me and uh, helping helping just, you know, like I said, break it down and, and, and give all the good details on the Chiefs and Raiders. Week 14 action as the season is getting getting down to the end now. It really is. But uh, good luck on uh, on Sunday. Enjoy the game, my man. And I always appreciate doing this a couple times a year. Appreciate it, Q. Enjoy the game and good luck to you as well. And I hope that uh, the rest of the season turns out better than the past couple of weeks have gone for you guys.